And so if you have your place in Matthew chapter 5, we're going to start reading in verse 1. If you're ready to read, say, let's go. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, seeing the crowds, he, that's Jesus, went up on the mountain, and when he had sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened up his mouth, and he taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Before you're seated, let's pray. Father, thank you for this word that is alive and active, this word that is a guide, this word that is correction, this word that is you. You, you breathe this word. You are the living word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you make this come alive in our spirits and in our minds and in our hearts. And so we lean into what you're saying. Teach us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated today. As we talk about, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. And we've been learning through this journey. It's just going to keep, there we go. They had to re, reboot it. How many of you know when technology goes wrong, you just got to reboot? It's got to turn it off and back on, and it, and it works. Um, and so uh, we've been learning through this journey that not only do they build on each other, but we've been learning that this is, countercultural. This is opposite of the ways of the world. And Jesus is very clearly establishing that there are two kingdoms. There are clear-cut establishment that we're not just Christians living in the world, but that we're citizens of another kingdom. And Jesus came preaching, and we learned about this at the beginning of Matthew 5, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. It is at hand. It is right now. And so Jesus is letting us know that though we do live on the earth and though we do walk the earth, that we're citizens of another kingdom and that kingdom is in operation right now. And the profound paradox of the kingdom of heaven is that it is a right now and a not yet kingdom, is that there are things that we can establish. There's things that we can pull down as Jesus prayed in the, uh, on, you know, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There are things that we can walk in right now, but then also there's a future fulfillment where all we're going to know is the kingdom of heaven, where we're going to walk fully and we're going to see face to face uh, God and his righteousness. And so we're learning that. And last week we, we learned about being marked by mercy and how uh, mercy is simply not giving someone that which they deserve. Like maybe they wronged you, hurt you, did something against you, and you have every right to retaliate or every right to show punishment. But when you show mercy, you're withholding it. It is in your authority, in your power, in your strength to do so, but you choose to withhold. You choose to show mercy. And, and we learned that as you have been marked by mercy, as God's mercy has touched your life, then you can't help 
but to extend mercy to those around you. And so today we move right on to the next one, and that's verse eight, where Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see God. What is he talking about? That means you're going to see not only God's fingerprints, you're going to see his power. You're going to see his presence. You're going to see a move of God in your midst. You're going to see God come and radically change you, he says, if you're pure in heart. He doesn't say that if you do Christian deeds. He doesn't say if you serve other people. He doesn't, he doesn't say that it's about our hands and what we do with our hands. He doesn't say that it's about our head and what we know about God. He said that doesn't earn you the right to see God. He's saying that it doesn't matter how much money that you give. It doesn't matter how many times you serve on the dream team. It doesn't matter how early you show up for church. It doesn't matter if you every Sunday are at pre-service prayer. It doesn't matter if you pray every night. That's not what earns you the right to have access to God. He says, it's your heart. It is your heart. And that's why we're going to talk about today. It's all about your heart. Tell your neighbor, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. And so what is the heart? We have to understand in the first century Jewish community what that context, that culture of the heart is. Because maybe for you, you're like, well, my heart, it's this is organ pumping blood, like receiving and pumping out blood. Like, is that what it's talking about? Well, no, to the biblical writers, your heart encompassed a lot of things. It encompassed your mind, your emotions, your will, your consciousness, it was often referred to as your inner being, your inner self. I like to put it this way. Your heart is the real you. The heart is the real Michael, the real Brian, the real David. It is the real you. That is what the Bible's talking about when it says your heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, the realness. No more fake no more counterfeit. Jesus isn't looking for us to, to layer up and to put on a show or, or to put on a mask. Or He's not looking for the, the Instagram Michael. He's not, looking for the, he's not looking for the church Michael. He's looking for the real Michael, the Michael that is imperfect. He's looking for that human that would just say, my heart is nothing but filthy rags. My heart, there's nothing clean inside of it. And Jesus says, that's the one that can see God. It's the one that comes with this pureness of heart that's not faking it. And I don't know about you, but we're pretty good at faking. Matter of fact, today is the best day that we, that we love to fake it. It's church day. It's Sunday. And we come in the house and we, we get, before we get out of our car, we're putting on the mask that we want people to see. And we're, we're walking through the hallways and in the cafe and people are like, hey, how you doing today? And you're like, I'm fine. I'm good. Knowing good and well that you're not. Knowing that everything on the inside is falling apart, that you're broken, that you're hurting, that you're maybe full of bitterness and anger and resentment. Maybe that you're just trying to hold it together, trying to hold back the tears. Why is it that we're so good at faking it? We're so good at putting on the mask. We're so good at just layering up so nobody can really see what's on the inside. Well, I would venture to say that what is on the inside is not very impressive. It's not what you want to show off. It's not what you want to be known by. And so what do we do? We layer up, we mask up, and we pretend. We try to get the right angle 
to post that picture, right? We try to get the Instagram worthy picture. We try to catch that little moment and let that represent who we are, but God sees right through it. I just want to tell you something maybe so profound to you today. God can see past the mask. He can see past all the junk, all the layers. God doesn't see as man sees. You might can fool me, but you can't fool God. And that's why 1 Samuel says in, verse, in chapter 16, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance. And y'all look pretty today. Y'all look good. But, but the Lord, he looks on the heart. He sees the heart. I can't see your hearts, but God can. I can't see through the layers and the mask and the pretending and the costumes, but, but God can. And then in, in the New Testament, Luke chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows the heart. We're doing everything we can to justify ourselves before, for before men, but God, he sees right past that. And so the heart is so vital to what Jesus is asking of us. He's not asking of our good deeds and our good service. And he's not asking us to act a certain way and look a certain way and participate in Christian things. He's going for the heart, the most unimpressible, the most wicked, the most filthiest thing, our, our minds, our will, our emotions, our thoughts. That's what Jesus wants. He says, blessed are the pure in heart. It's, Blessed are the pure, not on the surface, but at the source. You see, the Bible tells us that the heart is the source, that from it flows all things, that everything we're seeing is a result of our hearts. And so if we are covering up, if we are wearing a mask, if we are putting on layers and trying to uphold this image, what does it tell us about our hearts? It tells us that we don't like what's on the inside. It tells us that we're not happy with how things are going. It tells us that I'm not doing too good on my own, that I don't have it all together. And so I'm not happy with the inside. I hide my heart and I dress up on the outside. And as Jesus is preaching to his disciples and the crowds are hearing him as he's on a mountain, in that crowd would have been these people of that time that were some of the biggest enemies, if you will, of Jesus. As he, became, as he came and preached the kingdom of heaven, he got the most opposition, not from the world, but from the religious folks. And those religious folks were called Pharisees and Sadducees. They were mainly referred to, we know, the group of Pharisees. And in this, this group, these Pharisees, they were so good at putting on an image. They were so good at layering up and dressing up and wearing a mask. And Jesus looks at them and has very strong words to them. The words that Jesus spoke to the Pharisees are stronger in language than the words that he spoke to the world. When he looked at the Pharisees, the religious folks, he made no bones about it. He cut straight to the source. But when he looked at the world, he was moved with compassion and he was grieved. When he looked at the church folk who were wearing a mask, who were dressing up and putting on an image, this is what he said. Matthew chapter 15, he says, you hypocrites. Ooh. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Verse 18 says, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. 
This defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. Those are what defiles a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. He was addressing the issue at hand, but the principle is the same, is that he's saying the religious folks love to honor me with their mouth, talk good things and say good things, but on the inside, they're dirty. On the inside, they're unclean. He would go on to say, and Matthew gets a little stronger. Matthew 23 Jesus starts checking on them. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but the inside is full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees. All right, he's checking on them. First, clean the inside of the cup and the plate, and the outside may be clean as well. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. And so we learned in the beginning of this journey through the Beatitudes that you've got these blessings, and the opposite of those blessings is not cursed. It's not ju- we, think that, that we think worldly blessings, and so we think if you're not blessed, then you must be cursed. That's not what it is. Jesus is saying, blessed are you if you live this way, and then woe to you if you don't. And he's looking at the religious people, and he's saying, whoa, like steady the horse, pull back on the bridle because you're about to fall off the cliff. The way that you're leading your life and living your life is a way of destruction, that by faking it until you make it, by putting on a mask, by living a life that's just on the outside looking good, but on the inside is filthy and nasty and you're not taking care of it, by living that way, the end is destruction. So he's saying, woe to you first, clean the outside. So Jesus is showing us that he's all about the heart. He doesn't care about the outward look, the outward appearance. He's worried about our heart. He's saying on the outside, you look beautiful, but on the inside, you're dead. On the outside, it looks like you have it all together, but on the inside, it's broken pieces. Outwardly, you look like the model Christian. Like we might even put your picture for growth track, but on the inside, you're full of sin and wickedness. And see, church, Jesus didn't come to just break some bad habits and and kind of piece us back together. Jesus didn't just come to alleviate some pain that we might have. Jesus came to set free those who were bound. He came to give us not a cleaned up heart. He came to give us a new heart, a new life, that it is only Jesus that can set us free. It's only Jesus that can purify our hearts. Jesus is the answer. And so you would say, well, what's a pure heart? I get, the, I get that he's all about the heart, and I get that this heart of mine, oh, it's wicked. It's deceptive. There's evil thoughts and evil actions flowing from it. What is a pure heart? You see, a pure heart has nothing to do with falsehood. A pure heart has nothing to do with deceit. A pure heart is not divided. You see, when you talk about deception and deceit, what you're doing is you're trying to portray two perceptions. When I'm being deceitful, I want there to be two perceptions. I want there to be what I want to be seen and then I want there to be what I'm really doing. And so you're deceitful, you're, you're divided. And a pure heart is not divided based on, oh, well, I feel this way, 
but I want people to think I feel this way. I want to do this, but actually I'm going to let everybody see this. You know, I'm going to say that I want to serve because I want to serve people, but really, I just want the spotlight. I'm going to make sure that people see me do good and do good deeds so that they think I'm a Christian, but really, I just want all the credits. And Jesus is saying, you can't be divided. There can't be deception in your heart. There has to be unity in your heart, allegiance and purity, one direction, truthfulness, and that is to Jesus Christ. He has our heart. And so a pure heart is a heart that has been abandoned completely by self and just given over to Jesus, that I'm just giving you my heart. In James chapter four, he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God. It doesn't say just on Sundays. Every day we draw near to God. And then what do we do? We cleanse our hands, you sinner, because in the presence of the Lord, there is freedom and cleansing that happens. And he says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. There's that division. You're double-minded, unstable in your ways. You're, You're divided between the kingdom of this world and you're divided between the kingdom of heaven. And so you're struggling and you're going back and forth. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God, but I love the the fleshly side of the world. I love the way it makes me feel. And so what I'm going to do is on Saturday, I'm going to do this, but on Sunday, I'm going to do this. And Jesus is preaching to the church. He's preaching to us Christians. And so maybe in the room today, you haven't given your life to Christ yet. Just sit back. And relax because we're talking to the church folks today. Jesus is letting us know if we want to see a move of God, if we want kingdom to come, if we want his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, we can't be divided like that. We can't be trying to live a double life, a double standard. We can't put on a mask in this place. That we've got to be totally abandoned to him. Be real about our hearts. But I'm not proud of my heart. I'm not impressed with my heart. Jeremiah, he says that the heart is deceitful above all things. It's desperately sick. Who can understand it? So if I'm so sinful, how can I be pure? If I am a sinner with a wicked and deceptive and a sick heart, why does Jesus want that? Why does he want my heart? Why does he want everything? Why is Jesus calling me to be pure if I know on the inside it's not? You see, your heart is the very thing that you can't change. The wickedness, the evilness, the dirtiness, the filthiness, the shame, the regret, all of that you cannot change. You can change all the outside and you can pretty up everything. If you don't like something out here, you can change it. If you got enough money, you can totally change everything. And we've got caught in the trap of, well, if I don't like this, I just change it. If I'm not happy, I just change it. And you can't change the heart. There's only one man that can change the heart of man. And that's the son of man. That's Jesus Christ. He he wants our heart because it's the only thing he can change. He wants that. He wants you to be dependent upon him. The psalmist David actually knew that He couldn't change it. That's why he cried out in Psalm 51. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He knew that he couldn't change his heart and his wickedness. God had to do it. 
It's been part of God's plan all along to change the heart of man. That's why Ezekiel prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus would come on the scene and said this. This is a word of the Lord through the prophet Ezekiel. I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. He's going to remove the heart of stone. And if we're being honest today, especially as Christians, we can have a heart of stone. We're just hardening our hearts. We've, we've been hurt so much that we just harden our hearts. We've been uh, marked by anger and marked by bitterness and marked by wrong. And so we become hard and we resent and we become angry and we become bitter. And Jesus says, I want to give you a new heart, not a heart of stone. I want to replace that with a living, a breathing, an active heart. You see, Jesus gives us a new heart. There's nothing you can do to clean it up. There's nothing you can do to pretty it up. There's no, there's no amount of dawn you can squirt on that thing to make it clean. Mr. Clean Eraser ain't gonna work on your heart. Jesus gives us a heart. We need a heart transplant. And you're in luck today. I know a physician who can touch you and can heal you. It doesn't matter how stained up it is. It doesn't matter how jacked up it is. It doesn't matter your past. Jesus wants to give you a new heart. It gives us a new heart. That's why 2 Corinthians says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, not refurbished. You're new. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We're a new creation in Christ. So if you want a pure heart, if you want to know how you can get this new heart, you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means I become born again. The Bible says I'm born again. Once I was born from my mama, but now I'm going to be born of the spirit. I'm going to be born anew. I'm going to have a new life in Christ. John chapter three tells us about this new life and being born again in chapter three, verse three. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. But if you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus is letting us know that if we want to be a part of this kingdom, citizens of heaven, and walk in the blessings of God and live out the life that he has for us, if we want a pure heart, we've got to be born again. We've got to be born again. We can't keep living with this fleshly heart of stone. It's so easy, church, for us to just add Jesus to our life. We're used to adding things to our life because our life is messed up. And so if we find something that will fix a part of us, if we find something that will change a perception, if we find something that will cover something up, we just add it to our life. And if I'm being honest today, so many of us, it's so easy for us to just add Jesus to our life to cover up a part that we're not happy about, to cover up a shameful part, a hidden part. And we just add him to our life and we never give him our life. We never are born again and, and fall down and surrender and declare him as Lord and love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all of your soul. And Jesus is telling them, if you want to be in this kingdom of heaven, if you want to walk out this life that I called you to live, you can't worry about the surface level things. You've got to get to the source of things because I can make that which is filthy, that which is dirty, I can make it clean. And so we've got we've to have a pure heart. Jesus is the only way to have that pure heart. But we're not off the hook. 
Because we say, okay, well, I'm just going to sit back and let Jesus do everything. Well, there's things that Jesus commands of us. That the moment that we are made pure, we must maintain purity. You see, it's up to us to steward well our purity. That when Jesus gives us a clean heart, a pure heart, and we've been made pure, now it's up to us to stay pure. That's why the scripture tells us in James 1, verse 27, religion that is pure, that is undefiled before God, is to serve on the dream team. Oh, no, wait, hold on. Wrong version. Uh, to, vision, I mean, to visit orphans and widows in their afflictions. To visit orphans and widows in their afflictions. And watch this. To keep oneself unstained from the world. That when you become a pure creation, a new creation, Jesus has purified and given you a new heart, you then now are to stay unstained from the kingdom of this world. Because now you're a kingdom of heaven. You're a citizen of a different kingdom. So we're called to protect and guard that heart. I don't know if you figured this out or not, but sin can leave some pretty bad stains. It can leave some pretty deep scars. As we live this life and live as, as citizens of the world and do worldly things, it can mess you up. And that's why you can't just refurbish. And that's why you can't just polish your heart. Jesus says you've got to have a new heart. You've got to be born again and protect that which God has given you. Why? Because 1 Peter says in verse 16, you shall be holy for I am holy. We are called to be unstained and pure, to, to keep clean, to protect, to guard our hearts. We are called to guard our hearts. Proverbs 4, keep your hearts with all vigilance. Keep your hearts, guard them. For from, from it flows the springs of life. Everything we have flows from our hearts. You know, I heard this story of this town that people were drinking the water and they were dying. They couldn't figure it out. People would drink water and they'd die, drink water and they'd die. So they went up to the reservoir where they were holding all the water and they were, they were running tests on it and it was polluted, it was poisoned. They, couldn't, they, they added all kinds of tablets and additives and filters and people were still dying. And one day this man got this bright idea. He said, well, it's gotta be coming from somewhere above the reservoir. So he walked up the reservoir, beyond the reservoir, up the stream and right at the mouth of the spring that fed the reservoir, a cow had fallen in the, in the creek and had died and had rotted. And because it was decaying, all that poison that was at the source was affecting the whole town. And as I read about that story, I thought about how easy it is for us to allow something to get in at the source and to die and to rot and then it affects everything else. Not only us, it affects our family. It affects our church. It affects everybody around us. And while we're over here trying to add purification tablets to the reservoir, we're trying to, we're trying to fix it and filter it and additives, all that to it. Jesus said, if you just remove the cow, if you would just remove the bitterness, if you would just remove the offense, if you would just remove the resentment and the anger and the jealousy, if you would just remove it at the source, it'll purify itself. You can make clean today. And I, as I was just praying about that so many times, it's so easy for me in my life to let something fall in the ditch and stay there when I have the means to get it out. It's so easy for me to hang on 
to those things. Hang on to offense, hang on to bitterness, but we are called to guard our hearts. Don't let those things take root in our life because the moment that we're, we're marked by offense, then our eyes become deceptive to us. It affects everything. The moment that bitterness comes in and anger, it affects everything. The moment that unforgiveness is in our heart, it affects everything. And Jesus says, guard it, put in boundaries, protect it, protect it like you do your house. You know, you lock up your doors, you lock your windows. He's saying, do everything you can because the world is fighting for it. The world is fighting for your heart. Satan is coming for your heart. The world is coming for your heart. Your flesh is coming for it. It wants to satisfy it. And Jesus says, you got to guard it. Psalm 119 gives us insight on how to do that. It says, how can a young man, in Psalm 119, verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? Please tell us. By guarding it according to your word. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What is it that protects our heart? It's the word. It's the living word of God that as we're stored up, because remember, we, we emptied ourselves in the beginning of these Beatitudes and we filled ourselves up with his ways, his righteousness, this word, as you're full of this and storing up this, then you won't sin against God. You won't be stained by that. So the word of God, it is the word of God that guards your hearts. And so ask yourself, what is stored up in your hearts? Is it the word of God or the ways of the world? What is it that you're full of? What is it that you've stored up? What's in your heart? Luke tells us in chapter 6, verse 45, that the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. It says the good treasure. This is good treasure. And as you store and you feast and you store up on this word, you're going to produce good. What Jesus is telling us is that the real, it'll come out. The real will come out. The real you will come out. There's no mask you can buy. There's no layer you can put on. There's no angle of that photo. The real you is eventually going to come out. Out of the heart, the mouth will speak. It'll eventually come out. And if you want to discover the real you, if you're married today, just ask your spouse. Ask your spouse, how's the real me? How's the real Michael? And I promise you, they will let you know the real you. So are we guarding our hearts? Are we protecting our heart? Are we putting in place boundaries? Because the reality is it's so easy for us to just add Jesus to this life and keep on sinning and just ask for forgiveness on Sunday morning. It's so easy for us to put on this perception of, well, I'm going to do this, but I want people to think that I'm doing this. But Jesus calls us to be holy, to guard our heart, to put in boundaries, to be pure, to maintain that purity. And if you're like me and you're sitting here listening to that, you're thinking, I don't know if I can do that. That sounds impossible for me because if, if I couldn't give myself a pure heart, I sure in the world can't keep it pure. And if you think that way, then you're in the right spot because you can't keep it pure. You can't stay holy. You want to know how you can? Through the power of the Holy Spirit that now lives inside of that heart. 
You see, you've been raised to new life and you've been given a new spirit and it's the spirit of Jesus that lives inside of you that strengthens you so that you can. You see, here's the big thing with Christianity. You can't do it on your own. We're fully surrendering to Christ. So when you surrender your heart, it's because you can't do it on your own. And when you're trying to live a holy life, you're surrendering to Christ because you can't do it on your own. It is about the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you is a different principle because the principle of this world says I can do it on my own. I can make a name for myself. I can build this. I can do this. But the kingdom of heaven is fully surrendered to Jesus. Ephesians will tell us in in chapter three, for this reason, I bow my knee. I surrender to the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, not mine, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, in your hearts. Jesus wants to strengthen us with power through his spirit in our hearts. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Look down to verse 19. And that we might know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and that we might be filled with the fullness of God. Jesus wants everything. Here's what I've learned about Jesus. There's no room for roommates. Jesus doesn't want roommates in your heart. He wants everything. He wants your whole heart. We love the Lord with our whole heart. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. That means that we now have access to God, that a pure heart has access to the Lord. You see, before we surrender to the Lord, there's a thing called sin that has separated us. And sin separated us. Even in the garden, we read about it in Genesis chapter four. This is this thing of missing the mark. If you wanna know where sin comes from, it's an archery term. And it means that I missed the bullseye. I missed the mark. Sin separated us. But Jesus Christ in his death reconciled us back to God. And it's been God's rescue mission from Genesis 4 to put into place a way that he could be reunited with you, reunited with me, reunited with his creation. And Jesus says, I want to give you this new heart so that you can see God, so that you can see his power. You can see his love. You can see his fingerprints all over this. Right now, you're going to see dimly But one day, church, you're going to see face to face. And right now in this place, while we're on earth, I want to see dimly. I want to at least have a glimpse of God. I want to at least see the power of God move in my family. I want to see a taste of God move in my church. I want to see God as much as I can on earth as it is in heaven, knowing that one day the trumpet will sound. And the dead in Christ will rise first and then we will be caught up in glory and we'll see him in his fullness. But right now, what would it look like on earth for me to taste and see that the Lord is good? For me to experience his presence? Can I tell you today that when Jesus went back to heaven, he said, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. I'm gonna give you my spirits. And today in this house, how we can experience the kingdom of heaven, how we can have access to God and how we can taste God, how we can see God, how we can experience a move of God is through his spirit. And the Bible says that when you give your life to him, he gives you his spirit. And so today in this house, as we bow our heads and we close our eyes, we're gonna receive 
what God has for us. For some of us, it's his spirits. For some of us, it's a pure heart. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen us, to encourage us, to give us the power that we need to be citizens of heaven, to live in these kingdom ways. And so as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want you to reflect on this. What is flowing from your heart? What is flowing? What's in the reservoir? What is your family tasting? What is your church tasting? What are people seeing? Maybe for you, there's something in the river, something in the spring that's decaying and rotting and killing you from the inside out. And you need to remove that today. Maybe for you, you've never given your heart to Jesus and that's your next step, to be born again, to receive a new heart, a new life in Christ. Maybe for you, it's time to take the mask off. It's time to stop withholding the real you. It's time to stop portraying the fake you, the counterfeit version of who you are. Today in this house, we're challenged with many next steps. As you now are allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, I wanna help guide some people in the room today. Today in this moment, you realize that your next step is to surrender all to Jesus and to receive a new heart, to be born again, as the Bible says. And today in this house, you've never given your life fully over to Christ. You've never given him, given him your whole heart. And today, you know by the power of the Holy Spirit that's nudging you right now, stirring in your spirit. You can't explain it, but it's stirring you and you feel his presence and you know that your next step is to surrender all to your King, King Jesus. If that's you in the house today, I wanna pray for you. In just a moment, we're gonna stand and we're gonna worship. Our prayer team will be in place. But I would love for just a moment for us to have a, a time of prayer where we would pray for those that would step out and say, today is my day. I'm giving it all to Jesus. So as everybody's praying today, if your head, heads are bowed and your eyes are closed and you want to say yes to Jesus, that is your next step to surrender all to him, lift up your hands and say, that's me. That's me, I'm giving my life to Christ. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand, sir. Anybody else? Keep them up so I can see them. I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ today. You can put them down all over this house. Can we stand to our feet today? Can we just real, real fast give it up for those people who just gave their life to Jesus? Come on, make some noise for them. Our prayer team is making their way to the side walls. If you just gave your life to Christ, I encourage you to, to meet them there. They wanna pray with you, give you resources, connect with you. They're also available if you have needs in the house, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual needs. They wanna pray with you and believe for healing in your heart. The rest of us, we're gonna respond by worshiping. We're not gonna leave just yet. We're gonna encounter God and allow Him to do a mighty work and to cleanse our hearts to purify us in his presence. Father, right now, 
We're creating space for you to move. And God, we're asking God by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would come and meet us yet again in this place, that he who began a good work would be faithful to see it to completion, God. That Lord, right now, as we've released the rope, right now, as we've gotten the cow out of the ditch, right now, we're, we're forgiving and we're letting go and we're being healed, God. God, would you restore in me a clean heart? Create in me a clean, a clean heart, oh God. Restore and renew your spirit within me, oh God. Would you pour your spirit out on your children afresh and anew today, oh God. God, would you give us what we need right now, God. God, we're just right now in this moment asking God that you would meet us in this place. We draw near to you, and God, you draw near to us. And so come Holy Spirit as we lay our life before you as an offering and as a sacrifice. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship and respond together.